What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonderkid, episode 70. Here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm on vacation. My first vacation, I think, since, what, episode 40-something. I'm in Cape May, <laughs> Seaside Resort, New Jersey. Uh, but I'm, I'm uh, I mean... I missed a massive, massive day of football, and I had to do a whole lot of catch-up. So hopefully you are ready with all the bold takes today. All are you ready? the bold takes. I am so ready because Saturday didn't disappoint in football. No. Serie A, Premier League, we saw it all. And then we have a little bit of a Europa League talk at the end. But people, we have a challenge for the community that it's simple. Whoever does the best edits of a cut of we of a mention on episode 70, we will give you a hoodie and a tracksuit that is the merch of FC Wonderkid. So whoever does the best edits of a clip of what we say in episode 70 gets a hoodie and the tracksuit, people. So yes, go bold, man. And yeah, we will go, we will want to see those edits on TikTok and mention us in the caption so we know that you want to enter the competition. So yeah, those are the requirements, people. <laughs> Love it. So, so let's start here with the premise we do. And I have to, I, I want to say Arsenal deserves the start. And it's because it's the start of something special, in my opinion, at Arsenal. Four out of four. And Arsenal just got the win out of a tough team to be. These are the wins. The big yeah. champions. A 2-1 tough game showed that Arteta and Arsenal is a team that are very mentally strong or stronger than last season. Saliba alone yeah. changed him. Gabriel with Saliba now is a so much better duo. And I got a shout out, a special, special shout out to the engine, to the fulcral player of Arteta, that is Martin Odegaard. Wherever Martin Odegaard goes is where Arsenal goes. If he becomes a world-class player this season or is considered one, Arsenal may be title contenders. That is the bold expectation. So Arteta, very, very good job. 100 games in charge for Arsenal, 53 wins. Okay, so yeah, well, that was it. He's, he's even, he's even got, he, he's even got Piers Morgan changing his tune. Mikel Arteta has Piers Morgan changing his tune. And I believe Piers Morgan was saying he was definitely in the Arteta camp, Arteta out camp for a long period of time. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Arsenal's buzzing, man. Uh, four wins, top of the table. Um, and, and you are exactly right. That win over Fulham um, was the type of win that they need to continue to grind out if they're going to be in the top one, top two, top three mm -hmm. of the Premier League. And I got to, you know, you, you shouted out, um, understandably, Saliba, mm -hmm. understandably, Odegaard, and you did mention in there Gabriel, but mm -hmm. Gabriel, right? He, he was the largest reason why Mitrovic was able to body him off the ball and get Fulham on the board. True. And then it was Gabriel who scored the what? He scored the match winner uh, off an assist from Saliba. So that type of performance uh, shows you there, there. There's definitely a difference of mentality mm -hmm. in the Arsenal camp. Uh, they've bought in completely to uh, what Arteta is selling them. And we all got a glimpse. We've all, we're all still getting a glimpse of what Arteta is selling them if you watch the documentary. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, and the we'll Arsenal see if it can last. 
True, Arsenal right now has the momentum and the confidence as it seems. And I gotta say, the team is much happier and the atmosphere in the Emirates Stadium has never been better than in the last 10 years, as reported by many, many credible Arsenal fans. So the atmosphere, sure. the vibe, Arteta, I gotta say, he's changing totally my mind. And the Zinchenko and Gabriel Zuzbais, once again, I had to say, no risk, high reward. That's what happened yeah. with these two transfers for Arsenal. And the high reward is, again, title contenders. And again, I yeah. want to say something that it's underrated, the fact that a player like Eddie Nketiah, his expectations are simple. I'm a role player. I come off the bench. I try to add something that's not there. And I am going to be the one putting the pressure. And because my teammates are fatigued. A player like Arman Broja, in his mindset is, I got to start. I got to be the starter. But Enketia knows what he's there to do. And that's why I think Arteta extended with Eddie Enketia. Fantastic squad role player. And one that is needed for a successful team to know their roles. So I want to give a shout out to Eddie and Kete because he added yeah. a lot to that Arsenal team, in my opinion, when he came on. Fair enough. And I, I, uh, I loved the video, though, of Zinchenko on the sideline giving <laughs> the fourth ref absolute hell. Um, I mean, Zinchenko is every bit of the injection of energy, the injection True. of uh, leadership that, that, and versatility that this team needs. So mm -hmm. um, Arsenal... Top of the table, they got stiffer tests coming up. That's for dang sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, this this obviously does not look like the team that started last season the way they started. So very true, very true. And there's no more that that feeling of decline with Arsenal. There's the only feeling of momentum going up. So even if they get a loss here and there, I honestly mm -hmm. feel like the 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 Arsenal fan base will back. Arteta this season because of these excellent beginning signs that show very good progress. So people, put down below your thoughts about Arsenal and maybe we got something to do and edit <laughs> about Arsenal fans. So let's wait and see. But yes, now let's go to the big one that, whoa, the news is spiking up with United and a hundred million for Anthony just shows how much Eric Ten Hag wants to get the top four this season. It's impossible for many, but for Eric Ten Hag, it's the mission. And the better days will come, I feel. And the signs after that last game, great. I gotta give a special, special shout out, if I'm talking about United, to Lisandro Martinez. Lisandro Martinez right now is the glue of that man united defense he is my opinion is one of i one of the secrets for this success that i anticipate in the future with united varan and martinez starting should have been straight off the bat maguire no more so with kazmiru's playing that is going to be a bold defense to go through and martinez five and five in aerial duels more than anyone on the pitch and that shows the mentality and in corners this is a detail that i really like about martinez and that's why i really rate him as a player like dalo 
is a better player now because of Martinez. You see the involvement of both of them. You see both of them chatting. You see them getting confidence of each other. They, they, they clap each other's hands. They say, good on you. You need those words. You need that collective, that unit spirit. And Martinez is adding that to the defense. Something you'd expect the captain Maguire to do and not a new signing like Martinez. Then many people judge him because of his height. But he's got spirit. And that's what Man United needed. <laughs> So yeah, I, I went on a well. Run. <laughs> yeah, you you did because uh, it wasn't that resounding of a win to me, mm, but it is a step sheet. in the right direction, that's for sure. Of course, but and Casemiro got his first minutes. And uh, but the offense, the, the Liverpool offense game is still too. a question mark. The Liverpool game yeah. too, like I mean, like like United beat Liverpool because of Martinez, in my opinion. Martinez was okay. was so crucial for that game that he he himself was being a martyr for United and motivating the other teammates. You could I I yeah. really rate him, really rate but it, him. But it, it's it's still yeah it's still early and there there's a reason Ten Hag obviously Ten Hag wants his men. Um and mm -hmm. I honestly don't think that either Lissandro or Anthony should cost 150 million euros. But I guess that's. That's oh. exactly what you have to do when you have to build the team in your image. Um, but, mm -hmm. like, the Anthony saga is one that has been very interesting, and there's finally been mm -hmm. movement um, starting this weekend. Uh, but for him to issue in that Fabrizio Romano interview, for him to throw out that quote, I'm not asking Ajax to release me. I'm asking Ajax to sell me with the highest bid ever for an Eredivisie player. Ooh. I've been insisting on this since February so that the club could rebuild the team with peace of mind. That tells you all you need to know. Anthony runs the show, and Eric Ten Hag is willing to splash the cash in order to get him, even though this guy is desperate. Mm -hmm. I feel like they did not have to spend $100 million to land Anthony. Mm. Anthony was going to literally sit out of action. He was not going to play for Ajax until he was sold. And mm -hmm. ultimately... You know, I don't think Ajax, I mean, Ajax ends up getting $100 million, Or they're going to get, what, 85 plus 8 add-ons? Uh, so ultimately, I, I, I just find it's weird mm -hmm. that that this this much is being spent on some Ajax players that are good. But in my opinion, they're not... That good. <laughs> as, great, as, great, as great as you... I, I understand the promise with Lisandro, and he's going to wind up, I think, being a great signing. Yes. Is he going to be iconic? I don't know. I am. Um, but An Anthony, Anthony does a lot of he does a lot of twirls. He does a lot of twirls. True. True. Um, and but but it'll be interesting to see how that how that does against Premier League defenses um, versus instead of like RKC Walwick mm. or F over or Utrecht. What? Are, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but I feel where you're coming from. But with Martinez, I want to emphasize that my opinion is Martinez is going to be an Argentina national team player next to Christian Romero. And I really believe he's going to be a starter in the next few years with Eric Ten Hag nonstop at Man United. So, yeah, let's wait and see where he can go from there. But I agree. Anthony is only going to uh, oh, Anthony will only leave Ajax for 100 million to Man United, and that says a lot. But the main reason for that to happen is because Eric Ten Hag wants the player, and the club knows it, that there's a high interest for both of them to pair up. But I, but, but I do think Anthony will deliver at Man United. That I really think he's an improvement from Elanga 
that is needed at the club. They have to get a new winger. But I get you. I think in Kunku, the moment in Kunku said he extended that contract and he only only would leave next season, I think Anthony was the straight away the other one to side. But I agree that it's a lot to spend. And once again, no club would have spent that. And Lisandro Martinez and Anthony cost to Man United, $167 million. And Ajax had a reported turnover of $125 million. And I got to say, Ajax, another golden generation from Eric Den Haag. The first one with Donny, Frankie, De Ligt, And now selling Martinez, Anthony, a lot. And Timber's going to be sold. Gravenberg sold. Haller sold. So Eric Den Haag succeeded. Once again, with another rebuild at, at Ajax. So let's see what hey, United. You are, you are you are loving Eric Ten Hag. I gotta tell you that much. Uh, I, um, I, I like the glimpses. Uh, I like the signs. Okay. Good signs. Okay. No, and 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 I, I am uh, I am keen to watch it as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Ajax, Ajax, him getting Anthony mm-hmm. over, say, I don't know, spending the same hundred million on a Victor Osimhen from Napoli. Um, you know, mm-hmm. actually getting a striker of sorts, mm-hmm. it, it kind of befuddles me. Now, whether or not Osimhen was available, I, I'd imagine 100 million speaks to, to Napoli. Um, I'd imagine that they, they'd be able to get him in um, amongst maybe some other candidates that are less favorable. But uh, not going after a pure nine mm-hmm. um, and, and having Ronaldo relegated essentially to a super sub role or less than super sub role um, is, is pretty interesting to me. Um, but as of right now, Based, you know, after that loss to to uh, to Brentford, mm-hmm. um, it, it's working, right? It's working. So we'll 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 see. But don't you think like that? Shouldn't they have gone for maybe a, a pure out and out young striker um, um, instead of bringing in another winger? I, uh, like, mm-hmm. I just I think it, Darwin was mm-hmm. the one of the targets. I think Dar- Darwin early yeah. on to Man United yeah. was real, and I do think. They really tried others, but I don't know exactly who. At United, may have tried Gabriel Zouge. There was like four mm. clubs interested. But I agree. The striker has to be the focus. But once yeah. again, <laughs> there's no options to the, in today's market, as it seems. And Ozime, for $100 million, that is a bold mm. deal. But I'll say this. I can't see yeah. Napoli selling him for less than $80 million. Okay, to no. whatever club, because Ozime is an underrated striker in Serie A. And Ozime overshadows some games a player like Lautaro Martinez. And everybody sure. knows about Lautaro. So Ozime deserves more recognition, 100%. And I, I like this rumor to Man United, just so people recognize more of him, because he's such a big baller. Great man. Yeah, I have player. to ask you. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you. Yeah. How do you feel about this Cristiano Ronaldo role? Is it is it a way like is he actually leaving the club here? I just don't see I, uh, yeah. a way forward for him to leave the club in the next week. And uh, it's definitely not sporting. Anyone out there saying it's sporting, I highly doubt it's them, correct? Mm, uh you saying you highly doubt? I I'll say this. I don't know anything right now. And okay. I think who, <laughs> and I think if George Minch doesn't have an op- uh, an answer than anyone anyone doesn't have i think sporting is a possibility napoli is a possibility and even other options are possibilities wolves is a bold one but never know but i think champions league is definitely definitely the focus but ronaldo 
on Ronaldo because yeah, it has to <coughs> be mentioned. My thing with Ronaldo is I am waiting on that interview that he said. I want to know everything in that interview, and after that, when that happens, after seeing that, I will take my conclusions. And uh, yeah, I think something tragic is going to be involved, and understandably so, man. Like the death of his daughter happened, and he scored a hat trick the day after. Like, like this is like some people wouldn't, you know. Like I'm not comparing, but Ronaldo just overcame and just was focused on football. And the moment he became more close to the family, like he could have been reminded of a memory that he didn't want. So I want to see that interview, unless I want to take my conclusions then. But I understand Man United fans being frustrated. He's earning 30 million a year, so I understand that. But and what is the interview? This is Ronaldo. He gets even, 60 million to United more. <laughs> he get, he get, he gives more to Man United than what than what he gets. That's that's. But what is mm -hmm. what is the interview going to tell you? That's what I'm confused about. If it's something personal, it's something personal. I'm not sure why he even needs to share it with the world. Because it affects um, his sporting ability. That's why. That's why he needs to share it to the world and be honest. We, 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 the world honestly loves transparency, loves to know the truth. If Ronaldo says the truth of what's happening, like his Georgina might not want to be in Manchester, and like we don't, we don't know. Like, what does he, does he get a divorce? That's what he's got to do. Like, just being honest. Let's wait and see because yeah, Ronaldo's a man. Ronaldo, like he's a person too. So. Let's wait and see what he's got to say. That for me is very important. Okay. Because he did do an interview at the start of last season. And he said that many people like didn't listen to players like they did in the past. I think he said that. And maybe he was giving some, some, <laughs> some shade at that time to Maguire and to all that structure that he didn't agree at Man United. That it's changed. Yeah. And Casemiro, man. Ask Casemiro what he thinks about Ronaldo. For sure, Casemiro will want him to stay and make a right. difference but it is all with Ronaldo and knowing the real reason why he wants to leave Manchester so let's wait and see I really think it's family reasons but yeah. right. fine okay mm -hmm. I mean that that could have just been said he could say I want to leave for family reasons he's the most and followed boom. person on yeah. earth you can't just say it's that fine. it's fine I mean Messi doesn't need to uh issue a interview every year in order to explain context behind his own sporting decisions or his own family decisions, he literally could just say, I need to leave Manchester for family reasons. Like, I'm not good. I'm not done. Like, comparing is not good, but like. But obviously, that's not business. That's not business. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I just, uh, I'm like, I, he's doing this interview when? Right, uh, up, right up next to the transfer window? Mm -hmm. Supposedly, he said two weeks a week ago. So this might be the okay. week. This might be the week. I honestly just want to know the truth. And I think there we will know it. But yeah, Messi, definitely, sure. man. Messi, great character too. And Ronaldo's too, man. And you, I think he will justify with the right reasons. But people, tell us but your justify thoughts. Justify what? Just, but that's what I need to understand is justify what? He doesn't have to justify anything. That's what I don't understand, you know, with this. If, if he's falling off from a sporting perspective, which I don't think you would say he has, right? No. Like, what is what, what is the interview shedding light on? The Just truth. His of, about what? Like, the imagine about what? Like, imagine if like I never had that, but imagine if your daughter died. Like, that is tragic. Like, naturally. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't we don't need to. Of but course that's that is, But he but, doesn't need to. 
he doesn't need to publicize that to the world. That but, is his own internal whatever. But what I'm trying to understand is what is he doing the, the, the personal interview for? Because mm-hmm. you're telling me his sporting level has not dropped off. So it, it's solely to explain and justify a, a potential exit for Manchester? Obviously, the numbers aren't the same. He's not playing the same. He doesn't have the same role. He's frustrated at the club. Okay. And he wasn't even in preseason with the club at Man United. Yeah. Obviously, he's not the same right now with his sporting ability. But I honestly don't know the full reason why. And I think no one okay. knows. And a lot of players, if you see Bruno Fernandes talking about this situation, he doesn't criticize Ronaldo. He doesn't say bad of him. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't see teammates re- relentlessly ranting on it. Like, so I want to see what, but, what's... Yep, sorry. Yeah, all I'm saying is that interview or not, people are still going to rant on him. Because like you mentioned previously, he is the most followed person on the planet. So interview or not, if that gives him peace of mind, frankly, I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really just kind of comes down to everyone is already going to make up their own conclusions. Oh. So he should just get on but there's a and lot do of what questions. he's got to do and just say it's personal and I got to get the hell out of Manchester. Boom, done. He it's... moves on and he goes and kills it elsewhere or does whatever he wants to like, do. How or is he it says, that you know simple, what, I'm Bretton. stepping away from the game. How is it? But... Sa- ah, how, like, now you say Ronaldo to retire? Like, how is it that no, simple? No, stop it, stop it. You I'm saying it. he can do whatever the hell he wants. I'm saying he can do whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't need to do an interview in order to do whatever the hell he wants. He needs. He wants to justify the people that follow him the best way possible. So he wants to conduct mm-hmm. an interview, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, LeBron James when it he really, moved, well, like it, like in the U.S., you guys, when you do a big move Le- or whatever LeBron big decision, James did, did whatever. Not do it when he was thirty-seven. He didn't do it when he was thirty-seven, and he didn't do it certainly around a personal tragedy. He did not do it around a personal tragedy. He did it. To to amplify the amount of people he did it to sell. Oh, there's my answer. Mm-hmm. I guess it's capitalism. I don't know. He's probably gonna whatever interview he gives. Who knows? But really, I think we're spending way, way, way too much yeah, time true, on this. I just true. wanted to push back a little bit true. because right now Cristiano Ronaldo is sitting on the bench mm-hmm. and he's not playing his best football. And it was interesting to hear you say that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I I think that's kind of a big no deal pre-season. here. And, and, right. Well, sure, but you know. Anyway, let's move on because there were a whole lot, you know, a whole lot of other results that were pretty interesting in the Premier League. Uh, namely, what Liverpool put nine up on Bournemouth. Yes, that was that was um, unbelievable, man. Expecting the unexpected for that because the form of Liverpool, people had doubts with it, but Bournemouth, yeah. we knew that was going to happen. But the most unexpected thing was they they beat nine nil Bournemouth, and Mo Salah doesn't even get. A goal, and he ha- he could have got a hat trick easily, Mo Salah, in that game. But overall, a great performance. And shout out to Fabio Carvalho getting his first goal, and Harvey Elliott. Okay, that those yeah. are the future of Liverpool, and players like Trent, Konate, Fabio Carvalho, Harvey Elliott, Calvin Ramsey just signed. These are the future. Mm-hmm. But Liverpool needs players right now yeah, to make the difference. Still, and that's yeah, why right. they need to sign a midfielder and maybe a winger. Maybe a winger, right. but definitely well, the, a midfielder and a center back. Okay, you're okay. There, there, there's, a, there's at least a heartwarming aspect to the Harvey Elliott goal, okay? He had just lost his grandmother. He 
contributed, or, I'm sorry, he attributed that goal to her. He essentially dedicated that goal to her. And you can see when you saw his celebration, he was kissing, uh, kissing to the sky. Um, that's the type of stuff you want, you want to see from mm-hmm. Harvey Elliott. But I believe that was his first Premier League goal, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Or could it be? First yes. Premier and, League and obviously Fabio Carvalho, um, yeah, looking pretty good. But 9 nothing. Uh-huh. You know, I thought that only happened in the Scottish Premiership. Uh, <laughs> Celtic putting up 9 this weekend, too. Uh, my goodness. I, I just mm-hmm. – I- there, there is a photo at the end of the game with Jurgen Klopp with his arm around Scott Parker – um basically consoling him um to what is likely going to be his reality this season um because if it's not liverpool putting it up wait until they come up against city City. (laughs) right i I just true but anyway you have to throw something out there though for roberto for yes yes okay he he had every ability to leave this club in fact there there was the the thought process that they were going to move on from Roberto Firmino and find a new home for him. And the fact that he didn't, uh, mm-hmm. for times like this, when you need to give some people rest or you need a little bit of depth, Roberto Firmino had two goals, three assists in this particular demolition. And I think he's going to play a much larger role for Liverpool this season than most people realize mm-hmm. um, be- because of current squad depth issues. But, My uh, house, yeah. man... No yeah, money. Firmino showed no up. Fucked in my. That's very true, Bretson. And what I gotta say is, Firmino makes players mm-hmm. like Luis Diaz so much better. Okay, he makes the team gel and Liverpool go forward. And Klopp said, "No can do, Juve. He is staying." And the offer was twenty-five million pounds. And yeah, that hasn't seen with the contract. It would have made sense. But Klopp didn't mm. want that to happen. And I got to say, the fact that Firmino gets those two goals and three assists will only make Darwin Nunes a much better player because the competition level is higher and Darwin will want to level himself with Firmino if he's got a start. So I absolutely love what I'm seeing. And for Liverpool, it gives the hope. But again, yeah. Liverpool has to hit the market if they want to get the Premier League title. And they got a tough... They, they, they got a good group in the Champions League. So let's wait and see what's going to happen. I think they're going to go through. But options. It's it's what uh-huh. it, it makes the difference. So put down below your thoughts, community, about Liverpool. And we want to see in the comment section suggestions of transfers for Liverpool, okay? Because, yeah, sure. that's definitely going to happen. But now, you see... You, like, we mentioned title winning. And title winning is with Man City because mm. that was a bold comeback because City was 2-0 down and Erling Haaland decided to go bold in that second half and get his first Premier League hat-trick in style. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Jesus, you can stop you can't stop Erling Haaland man when he's running and with that intention to score with that left foot. That is such a lethal shot, man. And I can think like I can't stop thinking like Erling Haaland is still not the best heading the ball. Like, one, once he gets, like, very comfortable heading the ball with his height, oh, my days, man. Like, that's going to be insane level. So, when he improves that aspect in the game, it will be only better. But his hat trick, his hat trick in this particular match yes. uh, is, is going, it highlights exactly who Erling Haaland is going to be for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Uh, for every goal that he scores born from his own effort, 
he will have a tap in that will literally <laughs> make him a 25, 30 goal scorer this season. And some people might even, not myself, but some mm-hmm. people might even look at that season and say, oh, it's kind of disappointing. Erling Holland was, he was nothing really for 55 minutes in this game, right? Mm-hmm. 55, 60 minutes. And I was sitting there wringing my hands thinking, oh, maybe this is it. You know, I had Crystal Palace pretty high up in my predictions. <laughs> maybe Patrick Vieira has figured it out. Maybe these new signings are starting to click and you're going to get some, mm, nope. <laughs> Erling Holland in the last 25, 30 minutes of the game uh, really put his imprint. He, if he only has 10 touches in a game, mm-hmm. he might score three goals. <laughs> and that's the crazy, crazy part in this particular pep setup. It's also why last week I kind of called it boring because a lot of the goals he scores are just going to be at the end of a wonderfully crafted move that the rest of the team did the work and Holland gets in position and boom, just puts it in the net. But he's got a range. He's going to score his fair share of tap-ins. He's going to score his fair share of solo efforts. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, if he stays healthy this whole season, (laughs) wow. Yeah. The rest of Premier League is going to be, I, I honestly Treble. don't know, but man. Treble. <laughs> Treble yeah. for the for, for Man City. And there's an interesting ta- stat too. Like Holland at 22 has already 13 career hat-tricks. And for people oh. to get a context, Fernando Torres had eight career hat-tricks. And Erling Holland has just arrived at the Prem. And we will definitely see him surpassing the 15 easily career hat tricks we might even see it this season already so the promise and the generational vibes that alan gives are immaculate and that hug with pep guardiola you almost felt Mm -hmm. like this is the new big big galactico type star with guardiola and i really feel like he's he feels it so that release was that guardiola put for dortmund that was the best thing and, that ever happened for Guardiola. <laughs> and the the collective Erling Holland, Phil Foden star mm-hmm. is rising together now because they're starting to build a chemistry that I think uh, everybody thought could continue to kind of blossom in this setting. And I, I think it absolutely is going to. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Manchester City so far this season, um, squad depth has not been the issue uh, at all. Because everybody remained healthy, we're four games in, and True. Holland already has seven, seven goal involvements, uh, six goals, one assist. Um, I don't see it stopping anytime soon unless he Ridiculous. tweaks his groin or something. But um, no injuries. How many hit. goals does he get? Oh goodness, more well, than thirty-five. At, th- at this clip, what he's he's uh, on his way to a hundred. Um, no, uh, thirty-five goals in a Premier League season. I don't know. No, no, no. I overall, honestly... overall, overall, champions. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. overall, yeah, yeah. I think that's thirty. Definitely above thirty. If he, hell, if he hit above twenty-five in his first season, or even twenty in his first season, I think most Manchester City fans would be would be okay with that. I'm expecting you know, that in quoting, the prem, in the Prem. Twitter, I know. If he if he doesn't get that. I think people will start like saying, oh, he's way too much. People overvalue him. But again, in a game, he can get four tap-ins very, very easily. And I do think Man City will reinforce even more their fullbacks in the future. Okay, not this transfer. They did this transfer with Sergio Gomes, but I expect even more. So even better options for Haaland. So the team will improve. For Holland, like next season. So yes, people, put your thoughts about the Prem down below with Man City, Guardiola, Holland, 
the vibes are immaculate as it seems and tell us what yeah. do you think is who do you think is gonna win the title as it seems right now but chelsea and how, hmm. and how many goals how many yes. goals i want to know what our commenters think how many goals will erling holland put in the back of the net this season but yes. yeah let's go on to chelsea because all i have to say is connor gallagher is not off to the start uh, he's been given the opportunity, but he is go. not off to the start that any of us expected. And he needed King Raheem Sterling to uh, bail him out at the end of this game. But uh, it was it was a good what fight a from Chelsea. What do you like, say? Yeah, like, true. Like that Sterling goal was such a beauty. Like that dip, mm -hmm. people. Go check it out. And for Sterling too, man. It's the confidence needed. They need players scoring goals, Chelsea. They need characters finishing. And Sterling came because of that. So I think yeah. that's why he, he, so, he, so, he showed the dependency that they need with finishers. And Sterling is the best player finishing. Maybe Broja if he gets a chance that I think he deserves. But Sterling, yeah, I think he has that role and he's going to go bold. But Conor Gallagher, I think he's going to move. Mm. I think he's going to move. And I think a team like West Ham, Newcastle, yeah. we mentioned in the past. And yeah, I think there's other suitors, but staying in the Prem, I could see that happening. And if Anthony Gordon <laughs> goes to Chelsea for 60 million, oh my days, I don't know what Chelsea are doing. And I wouldn't be surprised if they let Conor Gallagher go too. And. Everton, get him. <laughs> and Brozier. And, and, oh. and yeah. they already yeah. left Levi Colso go. So yeah. it's like, you know, let's wait and see. But Gordon, 60 million? Oh, my yeah. days. I, I can't. And it, I can't understand. I can't. No, I, I, I can't either. And and even if they offer a swap deal, Connor Gallagher for Gordon, um, you know, uh, they're still spending money on top of that. But Gordon did, did save Everton this particular week. Um, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But I think more importantly for Chelsea fans, mm -hmm. um, they're going to get their Wesley Fofana. Yes. Right. Yes, yes, they will yes. be getting Wesley Fofana. And, and before I move on to that, I have to say, I feel like Leicester city deserved a whole lot more from that match versus Chelsea, Agreed. um, than they, than they likely got. And you do have to see that one of the best players on that pitch was definitely Yuri Telemann, Telemann, mm -hmm. right. And uh, there's definitely a sense that he's kind of putting himself in the shop window and saying, come and get me. I'm not entirely sure why you haven't been trying to lure me um, to any one of these other Premier League teams anywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, Yuri Tielemann was definitely one of the best players on that pitch um, for Leicester City. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, is Arsenal still in the market for Tielemann? Should is be. it? You should, they should be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He knows the league. He's been nothing but a consistent performer. Um, think I think you give him a little, a little bit of a, a more role. Uh, Tielemann could be absolutely vital um, to any one of the top four, top five teams. I agreed. But. I very highly agree with that. And the fact that Tielemann, he's got like one or two years contract. I'm not sure. I think it's two, but he's going to go for cheap. So 25 to 40 million. That's the price I'd expect him to leave Leicester. So I agree. People should definitely be mentioning him more to go to a team like Arsenal. So, yeah, yeah. where do you think people tell him is going to go this summer? Is he going to stay? That's a possibility, as it seems to. So, yeah. But, oh, but I just wanted to say, too, again, Cucurella 
is the whole build-up play of the Thomas Tuchel new team this season. The dependency on Cucurella now makes me think, Ben Chilwell, you are a bench player right now, man. And it's crazy that a left-back that cost 50 million is a bench mm -hmm. player. But the other one cost 60. So just in left-backs, they did spend 110 million. And that is mad about Chelsea, man. Mad. mad. That is that is absolutely mad. But And, and now they're going to go after uh, Fafana and spend another, what, 75, 85, 85. million yeah. uh, on Fafana. So uh, Chelsea just is not... Uh, slowing down um, and they likely aren't going to keep slowing down after that. I think that you're going to see a flurry of transfer activity uh, from Todd Bowley and from Chelsea. Um, but if you're going to talk about Kukurea, mm -hmm. you also have to talk about Brighton mm. in the top three. It's early in the season, True. but they're in the top three of the Premier League. And this is even with having lost Dan Byrne, having lost uh, Ben White, Having lost Mark Kukurea, I mean, their largest Basuma. core in their defense, Basuma, yeah, absolutely. That's a great shout. I, for some reason, I keep forgetting Basuma because he hasn't quite kicked on with, uh, with Tottenham yet. Yeah, they got Trissard but what there. Brighton, they, they, they do it right. They have Trissard essentially playing wing back, although Estupinan got his first start or got his Good more time with Brighton. But listen, they've lost all those defensive components. Mm-hmm. And they've let up one goal in four games so far this season. One goal in four games, and they're 3-0 and 1. It was a hard-fought win against Jesse Marsh's Leeds, but you can tell Graham Potter's Brighton was the better team. So I um the best English know, manager man. in the world, Graham yeah. Potter. Absolutely. 100 percent in my opinion. 100 percent So yeah. the top six um, is next after Brighton. <laughs> Let's wait to uh, see who, who who is it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a podcast topic in and of itself. I would love to know who you think Graham Potter's next step, what his next step could be, Imagine. or who the hell knows. Sidia. Could Brighton Sidia. could Brighton be a top seven, top eight team? Mm. Uh, you know, from here on out, well, maybe not. I don't know, but they do things really smart, mm -hmm. and I am here for it every day of the week. They make really good decisions in the transfer market in the develop the development of their players um in them seeking opportunities they don't block people mm -hmm. they just kind of find a way to get it done but they use neil mope mm -hmm. as great as they could as much as they could and ultimately they got everything they could out of him and they did not block his desire to leave mm -hmm. even though they need depth up there True. right they sent him to everton for 17 18 million euros so I just love the way Brighton's run. I'm unapologetically a Brighton fanboy at this particular <laughs> moment in time. And I hope Graham Potter can lead them to doing something even greater than what they've already done since uh, since coming into this, this and, league. And, and it's um, a question. If it's Brighton like on the top, or is it even just Graham Potter himself just taking over all those responsibilities? And I think if he'd go to a new challenge... A lot of those questions will be answered. And I just want to put a shout out so with this suggestion. If David Moyes is sacked, West Ham have mm. the money. So go bold and give that check to Graham Potter and go bold in a club in London with a great fan base that there's a possibility of a transition with Graham Potter. Or yeah. Newcastle. Newcastle. But I rate how Eddie Howe is doing business and managing the team until now. 
But if he if he starts to dip, Graham Potter could do that role. But people, put down below what you think Graham Potter should do next if he should leave next after this season. We never yeah. know. And yeah, talk about Brighton, about the business. And who, where do you think Brighton will end up this season? And do you have anything from the Prem, Brighton, to mention more? Well, you know, you, you mentioned mm -hmm. Newcastle very briefly. And his, his visa did not come through for him to play this past weekend for Newcastle. Oh. But we do have to talk about the 75, 77, Ooh. whatever it was, million euros spent on Alexander Izak. I mean, what are your first thoughts about that signing? Newcastle went bold, my friend. That's my first quote. And I got to say, that's the best player that they could have gotten, in my opinion, in today's market. 70 million is not the price that another club would get Alexander Isaac. It's because it's Newcastle getting him. But is he a good player to get? I think he's better than Ekitike, Alexander Isaac. And they were going to spend 40 million to get Ekitike. So I think Alexander Isaac has a chance to prove himself in the Premier League. And we all know he's the replacement in the national team of a certain Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So if he's got yeah. that confidence, just a little bit of that confidence, I am sure he will definitely get 10 Premier League goals that I expect with his body. He is perfect. He's very well suited for to play yeah. in the Premier League. Uh, Alexander Isaac and the fan base. Just imagine Brunki Marange behind Alexander Isaac, said Maxine. Expectations are high, and I love yeah. personally that move. That and, and here's here's where it comes into play. Like Alexander Isaac is a little bit of a better player than his statistics I tell you he is. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, he's actually versatile. He can actually line up on the wing, right wing, which a lot of Newcastle fans is deemed somewhat deficient, I guess, in quality. Uh, Al Marone is there right now, uh, but Alexander Isak could play there. He could play up front nine. Um, mm -hmm. he's, he's a very, very, I wouldn't say complete player, but for all of his strength, for all of his size, because he's a pretty tall guy, yes. uh, he's also faster um, than most people give him credit for, and he is not afraid uh, to go directly at people. So, Alexander Izak is going to be really, really interesting in Newcastle setup. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. He's coming off of not a great year. He did not have a great season last season for Real Sociedad. Two years ago, absolutely phenomenal season for Real Sociedad. But I believe he had six La Liga goals last season. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. But in a Newcastle setup, his youth, his ability likely to be versatile, playing all across the front three, um, I also agree that while the, the price tags these days are getting steeper and steeper, um, Izak is one you can grow with and one you can certainly um, mm -hmm. ingratiate into this lineup. Um, yeah, so I, I, I love it. Um, even if, even if I don't know, man, I, there's just so many other players. Like I'm looking at Atalanta, and this is a little bit of a, um, a tangent, but Atalanta goes out and spends $17 million on the guy that I've been talking about for at least the last month or two, Rasmus Winter Holland, right? Mm -hmm. The guy from the Austrian Bundesliga. Yes. They spent 17 million. Why wouldn't Newcastle take a flyer on somebody like that who has some similar properties to Alexander Isak, although he is not as fast as Isak is? 
why wouldn't they do that instead of going after a guy that only has six La Liga goals? And because, I'm just I'm because talking Isaac myself is guarantees. Because Isaac is guarantees. He's already played at a national team level. He's showed yeah. promise in that one season. And I honestly mm -hmm. think when uh, Isaac's agents pitch to Newcastle, they must have uh, some added variables to what happened last season for him to dip. Because I honestly yeah. thought he was going to leave last season already for 40 to 50 million. And Real sure. Sociedad were asking 60 to 70, which they did get that money after all, yes, for, which for them, that was the best business decision. But for Isaac, yeah. fundamentally, it wasn't the best football decision for himself. Sure. But I agree. But, but what, but, yeah, but what also happened, like, João Pedro was a very serious target. And I feel like that was a very useful like get. And he would have cost 30 million. I agree. 35. I, I agree. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, this is taking nothing away from the promise of. But I still who go, is Isaac. I still go, so, Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I still think he's, he's going to do well. He's going to do well. That's I, the I thing. have no, no qualms about But all yeah. players mentioned, I still go, Isaac. So, man, if it's 70 okay. billion. <laughs> It is, but no, I'm sure that those three, that these three strikers were mentioning fast, all show signs to add definitely a lot of quality in the world of football. So I just want to shout out that. So people, put down below what did we didn't mention in the Prem and go bold with your predictions, transfers. What's going to happen more in the Premier League? And yes, you mentioned Serie A. And let's go with Serie A that had a big matchup with Juve and Roma. Yeah. And Roma... Mm -hmm got that they didn't lose and that for me shows a lot with a juve team that vlahovic scored straight off the bat and roma managed to get that draw and Mourinho gets a lot of hate say he goes defensive he goes defensive but he had to hunt that draw and tammy tammy abraham got that goal and roma has once again a lot of signs for the future and good ones in my opinion you, you you kind of glossed over that Dusan Vlahovic goal, though, because Juventus, <laughs> Juventus is having – they're having a lot of trouble actually getting the ball on his feet, I right? They're fucked. actually having trouble finding him, and he stepped up to that free kick, and boy, was it a beauty. If you have not seen that free kick, go search it right now. It will make oh, your boy. weekend. That's um, the edit. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and there you go. That's the edit. Yeah, put us, put us in there with that because Vlahovic – it was a cannon, an Cold absolute run. cannon, and uh, he's going to do that more this season. And Juventus has to find a way to get him more involved into this match. Mm -hmm. They are not Manchester City at build-up to where they can supply Holland with an endless, uh, you know, short-range um, goal opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so Dusan Vlahovic is going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting on his own. Mm -hmm. um, but man, yeah, that game was a lot of fun. That that um, Juventus. And uh, Roma game. And what I like about Roma is like Pellegrini, man. What an underrated right. player. If Lorenzo Pellegrini played in the Premier League, oh my days, he'd be talked week in, week out. So people definitely go watch Roma play and pay special attention to Lorenzo Pellegrini because that is a bad man in midfield because he's, 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 the, he's the key. He's the sauce. And Dybala's there. <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason why he's the captain, right? Ah. Has given him the captaincy. Um, yeah, that's listen, big. That's big. Before we go to the next game, because I know I know mm -hmm. what you want to talk about uh -huh. next, I have to bring this up before I, I forget it. Did you see Samuel Umtiti's 
uh, <laughs> arrival in the airport after he signed a contract to join Lecce in oh, Syria. Did you see that at all? That was a real star, right? A star in the show. <laughs> the star uh, all I got to say, that, that, that man has never been happier in his life to at least be met, met with some excitement about his arrival. Um, and it just kind of goes to show that ever since he got injured, ever since he sacrificed himself in that World's Cup, um, he has not had a good sporting career. It has been tough. And he's probably gone through some things um, with the Barca fandom that he never thought he would have when he initially signed. Mm-hmm. We have to remember, Utiti was huge for France in I that agree. World's Cup. And since then, since then, he has barely even been able to play. And yes, he's been collecting a very sizable paycheck to essentially not play, but him showing up in that airport mm-hmm. and ultimately breaking down in tears of joy because of how happy they were there to see him made my day. And I only hope that he can, he's going to have a tough season with Lecce. Let's be honest. <laughs> True. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to stay in Syria, but it was nice to see okay. him get that breath of fresh air. Um, and get a new start. And uh, you're, but anyway, you're mentioning, but yeah, I just, you're mentioning Umtiti, and I do have here on my notes something that I have to say. It's Umtiti yeah. and Barca. So it's Umtiti, it's Griezmann, and it's Coutinho. These three yeah. players, it's so good to see and refreshing that Barca is making the right decisions. And we even see Atletico de Madrid not playing Griezmann 30 minutes. Not to activate that clause that is 40 million that they will spend automatically to get Antoine Griezmann. So Atletico oh. doesn't even want Griezmann at 31. So this is a common factor. Like, oh my yeah. days, and well, Barca well, got so wrong. Yeah, at least Griezmann will have more time to play football manager. So uh, <laughs> true. Uh, true. And he's already got a, he's already got a goal this season. So hey, good on him. But hey, <laughs> well, we, we can't go any further without talking about. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And Rafa Leo, a goal and an assist. A beautiful assist of who? Charles de Quetelar, okay? The future of Belgium. And now at Asa Milan. And I got to say, about Asa Milan, the, it's, for me, it's crazy, the Rossonieri, because the Rossonieri, in terms of players, to debate mm. in the best in the future, like Asa Milan, as one of the best players in respective positions with Tomori, Theo, Charles de Ketteler, Rafaelion, and Tonali in the future. Like, these are all future players that will be in that discussion of the best. And they're all right now at AC Milan, and none of them want to leave, as it seems. So AC Milan is doing great management and that's why a lot of people are shouting now out in the Champions League too because yes this team now with Charles de Ketteler and Rafa Leo performing big time can surprise a lot of people in the Champions League and I'm sure expecting that with Donali 2027 contract love it and that (laughs) desire for them to be there is obviously shown up on the field as well Mm -hmm. there's a reason why they have not lost a league game yes. in 19 games. Mm. 19 games, okay? As of right now, that is the longest unbeaten streak in the top five leagues for a club, okay? So the Rossoneri are doing something right in terms of team chemistry, uh, in terms of development, in terms of trust in their players. I mean, they did not go out uh, with the intent to just 
you know, push Alexis Salamakers or Brahim Diaz out of the 11 in any Agreed. way, shape, or form. What they're just trying to do is they're trying to augment their squad in order to be ready for the long haul. Because as you mentioned, yeah, they're going to have to put in a better showing in the Champions League this year, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to fight for the Scudetto again. And those two fronts are pretty taxing. Um, but I loved it. I, I loved this particular match. Rafa Leal was a flipping lightning bolt. And that assist that he sent, that little dink over the top to Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud is still scoring goals like he's 22. <laughs> okay? He is. He, it was a like a side volley Underrated. at a bizarre angle. It was a to be honest, I think Zlatan was probably in the crowd giving him, you know, his his just due, telling him that man, I mean, this guy is 35. He has scored wherever he has gone. Mm-hmm. He has 112 caps and almost 50 Ooh. goals for the French national team. Olivier Giroud might be one of the more underrated strikers of the past 10 years, right? Uh, it's just it's impressive the volume of what he gives, um, even in accepting in many places a super sub role, mm-hmm. accepting at Chelsea that he wasn't going to be playing all the time. Um, and I just, I love this this man uh, as a player because he has put his head down and literally everywhere he has gone, he has made a palatable, impressive impact. Um, and I, long may he reign. I hope he continues to do that because he's going to be that old veteran head that needs to put goals in when the rest of the team needs that pick me up and a lot of um, class so, that man has a, a lot, of, lot class. of class and in a, in a and in that time like that factor i loved how you mentioned those french caps because benzema was not getting selected and france needed a striker to make benzema not being called up not noticeable and sure. olivier giroud did just that so i completely agree with what you said of one of the most underrated strikers definitely in the last 10 years that is fox right there from Bretton. i completely agree with you and in the comment section i want to see their most underrated players in the last 10 years comments we will know that you're listening until now if you're commenting an underrated baller in that youtube comment section so we want to see that and okay mentioning underrated i have to mention this in the podcast and this is this is a player can be related to that french national team and i think you know where i'm coming from and it's some history was made and it summer oh my mm-hmm. days 19 saves against Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga that was one of the boldest displays from a goalkeeper in recent history and I gotta say this too the league was even playing striker and Sommer was still defending everything was being brought to Sommer and he was defending so if you see those highlights of the Bayern Munich game with Borussia Mönchengladbach you will see Sommer went bold so I have to mention him 19 saves 19 saves, and you're absolutely right. It was reminiscent of his game versus France in Euro 2020. Um, and he, he's just a he's a great goalkeeper. Uh, I don't think he always gets to show it with Gladbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, they frustrated Bayern. Bayern obviously dominated that game. Uh, I think they had, they had 35 shots. Sadio Mane's up to, like, three goals called back or four goals called back uh, by VAR. Um, not in that game, but in the season so yeah. far. Um, but Jan Sommer, I mean, 
he stood on his head is what we like to call that type of a goalkeeping uh, mm-hmm. uh, showing. And it is, it is great to see. Um, and he's also a big reason why the Swiss are, are able to be as competitive as they are um, in Europe, right? Period. Uh, but I, if you're going to talk about that Gladbach showing, mm-hmm. okay, I, I also want to go over because there were a lot of uh, two teams in the Bundesliga that if we go back to our UEFA Champions League predictions. By the way, if you're watching this right now and you want to know our UEFA Champions League predictions, we did it earlier this week, or you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, please go back to our YouTube. Uh, We have the audio, we have the video there, and we go through all the Champions League groups where we talk about these two Bundesliga teams as well. Red Bull Leipzig and Bayer Leverkusen have had terrible, terrible starts to the year. You know who doesn't care about that? <laughs> Christo Nkunku. True. Anyone that thought that that man, after 55 goal involvements last season, was going to slow down, he has not slowed down. He has not slowed down at all. He had two goals this past weekend uh, for Red Bull Leipzig. I think he's already up to four goals on the season, and he's well on his way to – I think he's got 61 goal involvements since the beginning of last season. Oh, I mean, oh my those gosh. are ridiculous numbers. That's, those are insane. That's Mbappe numbers. <laughs> they are. And that ain't Mbappe. <laughs> like, what? No. And this is a player with a 60 million release clause. Mm-hmm. The season at the end. Oh, my gosh. The bids are going to be insane. Who's not going to bid for Nkunku? That's the real question. Okay, for 60 million. Completely agree with that. And, yeah, he, the penalty taker, he is the guy. Mm-hmm. He is the star of RB Leipzig show. I, I like that show. And Union Berlin, they went both two in the Bundesliga. Big showing oh with Geraldo. Geraldo. Okay, I almost thought yeah. I was Ronaldo, but it's Geraldo, people. Geraldo Becker. Geraldo. Well, bold, okay. That man cannot Geraldo. stop scoring. <laughs> Do not sleep, though. Do not sleep on Jordan Pifak because he had two assists in that 6-1 route for Union Berlin. And Jordan uh, Pifak, you and I have talked about this repeatedly. My biggest worry for the U.S. men's national team at the World Cup is that we don't have a number nine. Ricardo Pepe still has not scored a Bundesliga goal, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus Ferreira is great in Major League Soccer. It hasn't translated elsewhere. Recently, though, Jordan Pifak uh, and Geraldo Becker have created possibly the best tandem up top for a Bundesliga team so far this season. Geraldo Becker already has six goal involvements. I believe Jordan Jordan Sabacu or Jordan Pifak has four or five. I mean, these guys are killing it. And I think we have to start talking about Union Berlin mm-hmm. as one of the better teams in the Bundesliga. Fuck. They're so really well put together Very that true. defensively they're hard to play against. And offensively, they're a lot better than they've been the last few seasons. Very so true. And they Union sold, Berlin, they sold yeah, Slotterback too. So it's like mm-hmm. their best center back in such a good defensive team. Like, they yeah. still keep it. And you mentioned, and I have to give you credit on that, that Juglite was going to improve yeah. a lot on loan at Union Berlin. And I honestly believe that's what's happening. And we might see a much better player after the season of Juglite. And me as a Portuguese man have to be very happy for what's happening at sure. Union Berlin with that. But yes, you mentioned unbelievable numbers, like four goals, seven goals, five assists. Mm-hmm. Oh my days, that that's bold. But 
the player that's been scoring those goals nonstop is Neymar. I want to give a shout out to mm. Neymar in this podcast because I have a bold claim that I'm going to say it. After this Ballon d'Or win that I think is going to Benzema, the next Ballon d'Or, I'm going to say my pick right now is Neymar Jr. Wow. He's starting the season right now with seven goals and six assists in three matches. Just imagine if it was Messi or Ronaldo with these stats. People would, wouldn't stop mentioning them. And with 30 years old, again, I, it's now or never Neymar. The Ballon d'Or chance is the best one this season. This is the best chance he's ever had to win the Ballon d'Or, in my opinion. Neymar Jr. So win that World Cup or go extremely bold that everybody right. knows you're the best player at PSG. That at the start of the season, he's right now the best, in my opinion. But, but here's the pushback. Here's the pushback. I don't care if he has 40 goal involvements in Ligue 1. He will not win the, the Ballon d'Or with just that. He needs to go bold in the Champions League. He, yes. might, he might not need to win it, but he needs to put up those type of numbers, not 40 goal involvements, but he needs to have five goals, seven assists in the group stages, you know? Yep. He needs to put something big I, up mm -hmm. in this Champions League group if he wants to be in contention for that Ballon d'Or next season. Obviously, he's got the footballing ability, but there is an issue with him being a PSG player, right? Mm. Is there not? But, like, like PSG, what, because Ballon, Ballon d'Or, he's going to have to win the Champions League for him, essentially. Or the World Cup. Or the, if Brazil or the wins the World Cup, he wins the Ballon d'Or, I think, Neymar. I think, I think. The, ne the next Ballon d'Or, not this one, that Benzema gets. I, right, right. Even if he doesn't succeed in Champions League. I think, but it all depends with the moments and what we see. But I just have a different vibe from Neymar. He is focused. I, I at least I get that feeling. But I, I could be, it could be it all, all not true. And at the at the end of the season, we said it was just a glimpse in the start. And yeah, but I don't know. I just. For Neymar, man, used to seeing Messi, uh, Ronaldo always at the top, and now not seeing them, psychologically, it must have a toll on Neymar's sake. It can't happen. And he has, he has to want to prove Mbappe wrong. If Mbappe wasn't protecting him to go, Neymar, more than ever, in terms of motivation, he's got it right there to prove Mbappe wrong. And the world, too. Because, yeah, I did expect or it. Mm? Yes. Or the Mbappe Neymar craziness is all a conspiracy theory. It's all just built. It's all show. Um, I honestly believe that that could be true because Neymar, in my opinion, has never looked happier. And I, I remember saying, was this like six months ago, mm -hmm. five months ago, maybe? I said, there is no way that Neymar um, can feel or play the same way for PSG that he plays for Brazil. Right, the True. way the way that he plays for Brazil, he needs to be happy in a club setting, and he hasn't been happy since Barcelona. Well, as of right now, based on his statistics, either he thrives off of the drama that <laughs> Kylian Mbappe and himself are are going after each other, or they've all come to some agreement that one way to stay relevant while playing the League One um, season against Clermont, against you know beating up on all these teams, 
uh, is maybe to create a little reality show uh, where you create the illusion that all three of you are at each other's throats, and then you come out and you show the world uh, that you guys are one of the best teams on the planet. Who knows? Time will tell whether or not that's going to be the case, but Neymar is playing his best football at the moment for PSG. It'll be interesting if that translates over into this Champions League group stage, and then obviously three months from now into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um is Brazil still your favorite? Uh, yeah, Brazil and Argentina, the two South... I think we're going to maybe have a South American team winning it. Brazil okay. or Argentina. But European, I got to side with my own people, and it's Portugal, okay? Once again, I'm going to say it. And for Portuguese men, like, seeing Ronaldo on the ropes, like, he's yeah. got more than ever motivation to prove himself in an international level, and he was the top scorer in the last World Cup, so I think in the next one he can be two. He can be two. So let's wait and see. Will Rafa Leal? Will Rafa Leal start? He should start, in my opinion. Yeah, on that left side. Yeah, Rafa Leal, and at the right, Bernard Silva, yeah. right now, in my opinion. But I still have no conclusions. Midfield, okay. I still I have say, like, Midfield. But realistically, will Rafa Leal start? Based on who we know is in charge. Yes. Will he start? St- yes, okay. because he still won this. Because Portuguese people, like, he still won the Serie A best player. And that mm-hmm. has a lot, a lot of credibility. Especially for an old school guy like Fernand Sanch. That's like him yeah. saying, oh, the young buck has proven himself outside. Now's the time. You know what I mean? So it's like, sure. I, but I do understand that skepticism because Diogo Jota, for sure we'll get minutes in whatever game, okay? And understandably, too, like, as a super sub. But, yeah, that's the World Cup, man. Those previews, that's... Oh, that's going to be excellent. So just subscribe to FC Wonderkid now because in the future you will definitely because that will be bold with us with the World Cup, man. I am excited for what's going to happen. So you want to go to the last topic? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think... Um, we obviously, I don't think we have time right now to do the conference league, but I think what we want to yes. do is just run through really quickly, uh, first thoughts on mm-hmm. the UEFA Europa league draw, mm-hmm. um, that came out on Thursday this past week. Um, and in group a, I just got to pull them up here so I don't uh, yes. get tripped up on my words. All right. Pull it up so too. in group a, mm-hmm. in group a, we've got Arsenal, PSV, Bodo Glimt, those Norwegian minnows that like to, you know, upset cool. Jose Mourinho every now and again. And FC Zurich. Uh, who do you have going through, first glance? Uh, Arsenal PSV. <laughs> and yeah. I did was surprised PSV didn't go to the Champions League. That great, great on Rangers, man. What a game. What a game. Absolutely great on Rangers. And um, Arsenal, I don't know. I think they're, they're setting themselves up to potentially be one of the favorites in this particular league. So uh, Group B. We've got Dinamo Kiev, Stad Rene, Fenerbahce, and AEK. I who'd you go with? Who'd you go with? You uh, know, I, I definitely think Fener's getting through. I okay. I'd like to think that, but Georges in European competitions, like he uh but it's like they, they, they did go through with Barca. So yeah. But they've also they brought in a lot of players recently, right? right. I mean, the Turkish Super League mm-hmm. uh, between Galatasaray, Besiktas, mm-hmm. and uh, Fenerbahce, they've all brought in some really, really decent Lincoln. players. Uh, yeah. Fener, who went to Fener? It was... Um, Lincoln. I like oh, Lincoln they, a lot. They got, 
they got Lincoln, they got Joshua King. Ooh. Great, great signing, I think. And Jao Pedro from, not Jao Pedro from Watford, <laughs> also. Jao Pedro from Cagliari, Cagliari, who I believe had almost right. 100 goal involvements in Syria. Ooh. So I, I think they've strengthened to the point where they should get out of this group. Um, relatively easily, but I, I'm going to go with Stad Rene mm. um, and Fenerbahce. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'd say yeah. I'd say Dinam. So I'll say Dinam and Ren. Stad Ren. Okay. I like Stad okay. Ren's team. I think they're underrated. And Dinam Kiev impressed me. Even losing to Benfica, that resilience, I liked it. So fair yeah. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, Group C. We got Jose Mourinho's Rome. <laughs> uh, Ludo Goretz. We've got the hot hand in this group right now, which is Real Betis, off mm-hmm. to a really great start in La Liga. And then we've got the upstarts from Finland, HJK mm-hmm. Helsinki. And I believe that's uh, Alfredo Morales's old club. Mm. Um, I think that's where he came from before he went to Rangers, and who the heck knows where he is now. <laughs> uh, I know he's playing for Rangers, but he doesn't score. Anyway, <laughs> Roma, Real Betis, I think it's pretty cut and dry there. What do you think? I, I agree, I agree. I go Roma and Real Betis too for Group C. But shout out All to right. Ludo Goretz, which they, they were in the Champions League a lot of years. <laughs> shout uh, out. Group D. Yes. Group D. This is actually, I love this group. This is an intriguing group. We've got Braga. Yeah. We've got Malmo from Sweden. Mm-hmm. We've got Union Berlin, who we just talked about, that mm-hmm. has a good defense, good offense. And then we've got the upstarts from Belgium that almost, almost won themselves a title last season. Oh. Uh, Union Saint-Gilloise, uh, where Denise Undav got signed from there for Brighton. Uh, they have some great, great, great players. Uh, but I'd imagine, yeah, you're going Braga? Braga winning the group and Union Berlin in second. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'll be interested to see how Union Berlin um, fares in European competition. I know they finished, I think they finished fifth last year and seventh the year prior to that. Yes. I'm going to say, dude, they're trending upwards. I'm going to say Union Berlin first, Braga second. Mm, going through. Let's see. Um, what a Braga. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> uh, well, Braga's best player right now uh, since the, who's their best player? They they just lost Horta to Benfica. Is that correct? That's the novella that keeps, the novella is like the drama show. That's still oh, on happen. here in Portugal, man. Yeah, man. It's wow. 15 million, then 50. Like, honestly, I just don't understand why a team like Wolves doesn't just get Ricardo Horta for 25 million. But, like, honestly, 15 million, it's still the drama show. But, yeah, he's still at Braga. But, well, Wolves, Wolves is currently chasing uh, the, the Peter Crouch of the German Bundesliga. They're chasing <laughs> Sasha Kalajdek, right? Great player. Um, but, yes, Group E. Here yes. we go. We've got Manchester United. Mm-hmm. We've got Real Sociedad. We've got last year's everybody's favorite um, giant killer, Sheriff Tiraspol. And we've got uh, from, I believe they're from Cyprus, Omania Nicosia mm-hmm. from Cyprus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's pretty easy to say here. I'm going to go United and I'm going to go Real Sociedad. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I Who wins? Agree. I don't know. United. But, uh, United. United yeah. wins. And if... If Adnan Yanazai is still on Real Sociedad um, <laughs> when they play United, wouldn't that be a little bit of fun? <laughs> um, Group F. Group F, we've got Lazio, who is beat Inter Milan in Serie A uh, mm-hmm. this past weekend, and they look really, really good. Luis Alberto, that goal, that that goal was ridiculous. And Milinkovic-Savic. Like, what yes. a game by him. Dude, what? Why is nobody signing this guy? 
Fuck this guy United. is worth 70, 80 million euros. Why is nobody signing him? Fuck, that makes no Fred. sense. That's Fox's bargain deal for 70, Sergei Filikovic Savage. Seriously. You can pass, can do anything. But yeah, yes. Lazio. <laughs> All right. Lazio, Feyenoord, who just got a nice little bright, um, I believe it was a Mexican, 21-year-old Mexican striker, Santiago Jimenez, scored his first goal, had an assist for Feyenoord. Mm -hmm. um, uh, watch out for him, especially mm -hmm. if you're a CONCACAF fan. Lazio Feyenoord, FC Michelin from uh, Denmark, always a good squad. Mm -hmm. Sturm Graz, who has Rasmus Winter uh, Holland, uh, and also Emmanuel Omega, who they just brought in. Um, I don't know if he's going to be there or if he's if he's signed by Atalanta if he gets loaned back. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think it's pretty cut and dry here too. I'm going to go with Lazio, probably topping the group with Feyenoord in second. I think it's going to be Lazio Feyenoord, but I wouldn't be surprised if Michelin got that second place because uh, I, I know yeah. they're a team highly driven with statistics and data, and they will be mm -hmm. very ready for this Europa League game against Feyenoord. So just want to shout that out. Yeah, and they used to have, what was, uh, Paul Anuachu came from there. Um, you had Anyeka, Sisto's who back. plays for Brentford now. Um, is he, uh, Anuachu's yeah. back? Yeah, oh, no, no Sistu. Pione Sistu oh, came okay. back. Came back to Michigan. Oh, okay. So. All right. And uh, Evander. Evander's a very good oh, player for like them. Him. So, True. Yeah, so Group G. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Olympiakos, Karabag, Freiburg, and Nolt. I don't like... No, I don't like this group. This is a tough one to decide one. Olympiakos, yeah. definitely, to go through, in my yeah. opinion. But I like okay. Nantes. But Freiburg yeah. is under... I say Freiburg. Freiburg okay. and Olympiacos. That's those are but my Freiburg choices. doesn't have Schlotterbeck anymore, so that's going to be interesting. But they've been pretty good to start the season. Uh, I like Olympiacos. I think more so because I'm biased. Uh, Conrad De La Fuente mm -hmm. just went on loan there, um, so I'm hoping that he can have himself a really, really good season, and no better time to show it than in the Europa group stages. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pick Olympiacos, but I'm going to go Nantes. Because I believe in Alvin, Alvin Lafont, <laughs> uh, who did what he could to win the cup. Um, Alvin Lafont and Nantes, and this young kid, Quentin Maryland. Uh, I, I like what Nantes brings, and I think good they'll show. do well. All good right. Show, Group H mm -hmm. Red Star Belgrade. Oh, yeah. AS Monaco. Mm -hmm. The Hungarian uh, champions, I believe, Ferenc Veros. I don't know if I said that correctly. Yes. And Trabzonspor, the Turkish champions. Trabzonspor um, and Monaco. Easy locked okay. in, in my opinion, those two. Because, yeah, yeah Trasunspor is a slap team after winning the Turkish League. After how many years? 30, 37? Not sure. Long but, time. Oh, my days. So, yeah, big respect. Long time, yeah. And, and, and just the video of them uh, having their celebration. I mean, 500,000 people. Uh, it was at nighttime. There were lights everywhere. I mean, Trabzonspor uh, did their fans a solid uh, last season winning that title. So uh, I agree if, if Abdul Qadir Omer is still uh, healthy and playing well for Trabzonspor, um, I think they're going to do well. And I, I love AS Monaco, but they're so up and down. <laughs> Can we get an AS Monaco that's like even keel starting to step upwards? Why does it have to be like going for the title and then fighting for relegation and then selling off all their players and then 
whatever they're doing this year, but they still have very, very good players. I, I pick Monaco and Monaco Travis. Monaco inconsistent, yeah. FC. I agree with that. They they just sell all their <laughs> players, man. And to Everton of all teams, like, like I was, you know, I, I'd expect Monaco to keep these type of players like going on. But, yeah. but you know, let's, it's today's market. The Premier League has all the money in the world. But yes, community, cool. tell us, do you agree with our thoughts in the Europa League? Like, tell us bold predictions of yours down below in the comment section. We want to see your thoughts about the Europa League because, yeah, it's very promising. Like, it's more, it's easier to predict, but definitely great matchups to watch in this Europa yeah. League too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. So, if you're here until now, do not forget to like this video. And we said the challenge, people. We want to see an edit from what we said. One cut from what we said in this episode 70. And mention us in the caption of that TikTok. And you can get the hoodie and the tracksuit. We will mention the winner in the next podcast, episode 71. So I definitely think there's a bunch of clips that Brenton is going bold, man. So <laughs> clip him, clip him. So thank I'm hoping, you. <laughs> I'm just hoping my internet connection here makes it actually look okay. Uh, but yes, I, I love I love the idea. And if you get a chance, go check out fcwonderkid.com yes. where all this merch is. Um, and we're going to be doing more giveaways, especially as we get further into the season and as that World Cup gets closer. Yes, so, so the World Cup, the big events, and people subscribe to FC Wonderkid because the World Cup, we're about to go bolder than ever, just like in the Euros. Thank you for listening until now to episode 70, and thank you, community, for going bold on a weekly basis.